Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, this is a great time of the year for a lot of us. Christmas is an exciting time, but there are also some of you here where Christmas is not going to be exciting. There's also some of you here that Christmas is not necessarily a pleasant time of the year for a number of reasons, because you're going to miss somebody that you were used to having at Christmas. Maybe you've lost someone. For some of you, Christmas is not good memories, because it's not festivities, it's conflict, and you don't like this time of year. So, this is a great time of year. For a lot, it's not a good time of year. And, you know, you, you come together, and, and what happens is, is why, why it happens that way is because I think we've got a wrong perception of what Christmas is. We're all wrapped up in the festivity part of Christmas. Do you know what I'm saying? The trees and, you know, the, the, the mistletoe. But, you know, that's, that's our whole perception of Christmas. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, that, that's a nice per- family. That's, that's a good perception. But I'm going to be honest with you, that is not what it's about. In fact, the implication of Christmas has a meaning that's so much more powerful than what we've reduced it down to. In fact, we almost have neglected what it's about. Well, it's about Jesus coming, George. Yeah, but I think you're missing it. Because, like, for instance, we're going to be looking at Isaiah 8. Most people, when they talk about Christmas, they look at Isaiah 9, the promise of the child, unto us a child is given, unto us a child is born. But the setting for that prophecy that was fulfilled so long ago in Bethlehem actually is over in chapter 8. Because in chapter 8, the prophet, before he gives that promise of a child is talking to a group of people who are in darkness. Gloom is upon their land because they're being threatened by the Assyrians. They're being threatened with being overwhelmed and maybe taken off into slavery. Things are not going well in the country. Things are pretty dark. And in the midst of their darkness, he, 730 years beforehand, gives the prophecy about this babe who's going to come. And that he's no, no ordinary child and that this child who's going to come is something special and he's going to do something special. He's going to take them out of their darkness. You know, you and I can relate to that because I, I don't know what, what your, your year has been like. Usually around this time of year, we're reflecting on the year that's gone by. And for some of you here, I know some of your situations. A lot of you I don't know. When you look at 2011... The word that comes to your mind is darkness. Because it hasn't been a good year. And you're not looking at a 2012 that's going to be a great year either. And so, yeah, you're, you're putting on your smiles. You're trying to make the best of the Christmas season right now. But as far as you're concerned, when December 26 rolls around, or however, whenever it is, the Christmas decorations will be put away and it's back to real life, right? It's back to the stuff i got to face. 
Yeah, it was a good pause for the moment. But the rest of my life is darkness. See, what I want you to see is, is that if we just focus on the festivities, we miss the meaning because Christmas can breathe meaning into your darkness. Christmas can breathe meaning into where you're at right now and what you're facing. Let's see what the prophet says and you'll see what I'm saying. Look with me, verse 19 of chapter 8, and then we'll go all the way into verse 7 of chapter 9. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should, not, should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and the testimony, if they do not speak according to the word, it is because there is no light in them. They will pass through hardship, hard-pressed and hungry. And it shall happen that when they are hungry, that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. Then they will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness, gloom of anguish. They will be driven into darkness. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, afterward more heavily oppressed her. By way of the sea beyond the Jordan in the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, and the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. And every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Folks, we can take this prophecy, this passage setting the prophecy for us, and we can divide it really into three sections. We're going to see, first of all, the darkness that they dwelled in. And as we look at the darkness they dwell in, you're going to see that we dwell in that same type of darkness. We're going to see then, as after that, we're going to see the promise... There's a promise that's given here, and then we're going to see the king. We're going to see the king. So let's first of all notice the darkness. First thing I want you to see here, you see it in verse 19, is that they look for answers in the wrong places. They look for answers in the wrong places. So here they are, they're in the midst of all of these problems, they're facing oppression from the, from the Assyrians who are coming possibly to kill them, to take everything away. Things are not going well, probably the economy is pretty bad at that time, of course it would be in a time of war. And so they're looking for answers. What do they need to do? Well, the problem is, is they're looking for answers in the wrong places. In fact, the prophet says very clearly here that they're going to the mediums and the wizards seeking answers. Now, who's that, the medium and the wizards? Well, we have them today. They're the palm readers. They're the people who tell you your horoscope. In fact, the prophet says, 
you know, they're going to these folks who whisper. They're going to the folks who are doing the occult practices, trying to find out what the future is. And he says, should not the people seek their God? It's like the prophet saying, you know what, they're looking for answers in the wrong places. Shouldn't they have gone to God to find their answers, to find out what's going on? In fact, they were doing one thing a little bit even more. They, they were trying to consult the dead. That is, they were trying to bring up the spirits of the dead to tell them what the future holds. Pretty dark, isn't it? You say, boy, those, those folks need some help. Well, you know, before we judge them, you know, I get, I'm on Facebook, and every once in a while somebody's telling me what their horoscope is for that day. You know, folks, we do the same things, don't we? When we're facing the difficult stuff that we face in our lives, when stuff happens, and you're wanting answers, and isn't that what we want? We want answers. We want wisdom. We want direction. We want somebody to tell us what we need to do. We want someone to tell us what's going to happen. We're looking at all the wrong places for the answers. We're not even seeking God. That's part of the darkness, is that they look for answers in the wrong places. Verse 20 then tells us they didn't just look for answers in the wrong places. They ignored God's Word. They just flat out ignored it. Look at what it says there in verse 20. To the law and the testimony, if they do not speak according to this Word, it's because there is no light in them. They didn't even consider going to the to the law. They didn't even consider quoting it to see exactly what God was saying to them. You say, what do you mean? Why is that so important? Well, here's the thing. God told them that everything was going to be well. As long as they served Him, everything was going to be well. But if, if they were not serving Him, if they were not doing what's right, God was going to bring oppressors against them to correct them, to chastise them, to take them to the woodshed until they got their lives right again. And so what needed to happen was is they needed to look to the law and the testimony to realize, why is all this going on? And they would maybe see, well, maybe it's because things aren't going right in my life. Things aren't going right in the nation of Israel at that time. They just flat out ignored God's Word. Man, don't we do the same thing? I mean, the promises and the corrections of God's Word are there for you and I. And it's okay to read the promises. Oh yeah, you're going to take care of all my needs. Oh yeah, you're going to provide for me. But when it comes to then, we read passages where he says, if you don't do right, he chastises, he scourges every son that he loves. I don't like that one. I don't like that one at all. So we'll put it aside. We'll ignore it. We'll ignore the obvious of what's being said. How many of you met somebody like that? I mean, you, you know, the warning signs, don't do this. You'll burn yourself. What's the next thing that happens? Ow! I burned myself! Why? Because the sign was written in Russian? No, it was written in English. You just ignored it. And that's really what's going on here, is they ignored God's Word. But see, what happens is, okay, here's what happens. When you look for answers in the wrong places, and you're ignoring what the obvious is in God's Word, here's what happens when stuff happens in your life. And I can be honest with you, a lot of us here have been this. Look at me with verse 21. Here's what they did. They curse God in their anger. Folks, some of you have done that. Some of you have been to the point where things have not gone well at all. And life was upside down. And there was no light at the end of the tunnel. It was just darkness. And you got angry at God. And you raised your fist at Him. And you maybe said some choice words. 
You cursed him. Because, see, you're looking for answers in the wrong places and you're ignoring his word. I mean, it's only natural because it's like, well, hey, isn't he in control? Can't he stop this? You curse him. We've been there, haven't we? I've been there. You've been there. It's a it's a natural response. So, because so here, let's let's be honest. Let, 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 kind of, let's let's pull away the veneer for a moment, okay? Let's let's be real here for a moment, because, oh my goodness, somebody would do that. Somebody would curse God. Yeah, because when you're in a point of desperation and things are not going well, and there is no way that it seems like you're going to crawl out of it, you lash out in anger. And sometimes, folks, we lash out in anger at who? God. That's just reality. And let's not couch it. That's just reality. This is what these folks were doing. We've been there, haven't we? Somebody said, well, I've never done that. Well, maybe you've done it in your heart. Maybe you felt that way, but you just couldn't take the next step and utter it out of your lips. Just because it didn't pass through your lips doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Where's that? Well, remember, Jesus is the one who said, if you think thoughts of hatred, you've murdered them in your heart. You didn't necessarily have to pick up the weapon and kill them. When anger rises up in us, folks, that's darkness, isn't it? When we get to the place where we're looking at, we're, we're not even looking towards God for the answers, we're just ignoring His Word, but then we still get frustrated and angry at God that we say, Huh, is this what you're going to do to me? We can relate, can't we? We can relate to them. That's where they're at here, is that they curse God. So finally, verse 22 just tells us the, the lot of their, 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 their condition. They, they have no hope. Look at what it says there. They will look to the earth and they will see what? Trouble and darkness. Gloom of anguish. And they will be driven into darkness. Here, folks, this is reality. You know, how many of you have been there? I've been there. I mean, the, your whole world turns upside down. Everything that you've known is gone. Everything that you could count on is no longer there. People that you thought would be there watching your back have turned on you. Nothing makes sense anymore. And when you look at the landscape, you know, there's somebody there, oh, things are going to be so wonderful. What are you looking at? Because what I'm seeing is not good. Oh, you're going to get through this? Yeah, right. I'm barely surviving now. and Look what's coming. There's no hope there. That's the darkness, folks. That's our world. Things haven't changed in... Almost 3,000 years. See, that's, this prophecy we're reading was 3,000 years ago. Things haven't changed, have they? The world's still like that. We're still looking for answers in the wrong places. We're still ignoring what the obvious is in God's Word. We, we get to the place where we curse Him, and then we look around, and it's like, man, it's just nothing but darkness. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. No hope. No hope. Some of you are there right now. Some of you have been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you will go there in the next year. Listen to me. Hear what I'm saying to you. You need to listen to me. Some of you will go there in the next year. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Not me. Folks, you don't even know what life has yet to throw at you. See, we've got to get a grip on reality. We dwell in a land of darkness. We dwell in a land of darkness. Say, wow, George, that's pretty gloomy. I thought we were here for Christmas. But you see, you've got to understand the darkness in order to understand the promise. 
You know what I'm saying? If you really want to know what Christmas is about, you've got to understand where we're living at right now to understand what Christmas is. Christmas is not the ham. I love the ham. Christmas is not the cheese ball. Make me three. And it's not about that stuff, folks. Christmas, yeah, that's all fun and dandy. But see, it's all what we use to anesthetize ourselves from the stuff that's going on around us because we haven't grasped the true meaning of Christmas. Because as soon as the party's over, the darkness is still there, isn't it? See, it's in the midst of the darkness that the prophet speaks the promise. What does he say? There will be light in darkness. There will be light in darkness. Look with me at verse 2. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. There's hope, folks. There's light. In the midst of all that goes on in our lives, in the midst of the trials and tribulations, in the midst of the junk that happens, there's light. There's hope. That's the promise. Don't give up. Because sometimes we want to give up, don't we? What's the use? Everything I try to do doesn't work. The odds are stacked against me. There's light. There's light. Here's what the promise is. There will be joy when the oppression has ceased. There will be joy when the oppression has ceased. And look, he describes the oppression in several ways here. Look at what he says. You, you, will have, you will have multiplied a nation and increased its joy. The joy, verse 3, they rejoice before you to the joy of the harvest. The men will when they divide the spoil. Why? Because they have broken the yoke of his burden. The promise is, is this one who's going to come is going to break the yoke of your burden. Some of you here, you are so oppressed walking in here. You are so burdened down by the stuff in your life, the grief, the pain, the shame, the stuff that's going to happen that you know is coming, or the stuff that's already happened. The promise is, is that he will break that yoke. He'll free you from the oppression. See, this is the light that we can have, is that somehow, some way, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this junk that's happening in my life. I'm going to get through this. Now, now he didn't, let me just stop for a moment. He didn't promise to take away the problem. Let me just stop for a moment, because some preachers will go off and say, oh yeah, Jesus will make everything right, everything's going to work out for the good. They'll even quote a Bible verse to you. No, no, he didn't promise anything about that. He's just telling you to hold on. Hold on, because there's light in the midst of darkness. Hold on. You'll get through this. And one day, the oppression will cease. The burden will be lifted. Why? Because of the king. Because of the king. Because the babe is coming. The child is born. In fact, he's foretelling the child. We already know the child has come. Because here's what the promise is about this babe. It's not just it's not just, just some little cute little guy in a manger. In fact, think about that. How come this is the only birthday that we celebrate that we keep thinking about him being a baby? Think about your birthday. I'm going to be 46 in February. My wife's going to make a double layer cake with three cans of icing on it because that's the way I like it. And 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 you know what? And we're going to have candles on it. There's going to be 46 candles. 
and I'm going to blow them out. And you know what? They're going to sit around. They're going to celebrate Dad being 46, and my friends are going to be there. And, and, and here's what happens. Nobody's going to say, oh, you were such a cute little baby 46 years ago. Nobody talks like that. Do they talk like that at your birthday? Why do we do that with Jesus' birthday? Because we don't really grasp who he is. So he just stays the babe in the manger. See, the prophecy says, unto us a child is given, unto us a, a son is born. What is he saying here? He's, and he goes right after that. He doesn't give a vivid description of how the little baby is. Look with me. Look at what it says there. He's going to tell us exactly who this child is. Look with me. Verse 6. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And upon the throne of David, over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from this day forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What's he talking about here? He wants us to grasp. This is not just no ordinary baby. This is the one who's going to fulfill the promise. This is the one who's the light in the midst of your darkness. He's the king. Two things I want you to see here about him. He is the Messiah. Do you know what that word is? If you want to write, because there's a big enough space there that you can write this down. You can put this in parentheses. You know what the word Messiah means? Deliverer. Folks, he's the deliverer. He will deliver you from your world of darkness for something better. The promises of the light in the midst of our darkness, of the oppression ceasing, will be happening because Jesus is the Messiah. He's the deliverer. He's not just a babe in the manger, folks. He's your deliverer in the midst of all that you're going through. You see how much more important that is than just simply cheese balls and mistletoe? Christmas trees and Santa, ham and potatoes, presents. All that stuff's wonderful. But man, when we focus on that stuff, we miss the reality of the implication of Christmas for us every day. So you know what? Hey, Christmas season isn't a wonderful season for you. It's because you don't see it right. In fact, Christmas season for you who don't like Christmas should actually be more important because you realize that one day the oppression and the darkness you live in, you're going to be out of it because of Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? He's the deliverer. In fact, the other thing I want you to see there is his character is magnificent. You want to know what he's like? Do you want to know what this Jesus is like? I mean, the prophet just flat out tells us what he's like. Look at the, the adjectives that he uses to describe him here. Wonderful! I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. There are few people in my life that I look and say, Oh yeah, he's wonderful. I mean, I only do that with one person in my life. That's my wife. She's wonderful. And that's only on certain days at certain times. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? But here it's describing him as, I mean, it's a capital letter too. Wonderful. This is who Jesus is. Here's the other thing he says here. Look at what he says. I think it's powerful. Counselor. What does that mean, George? He is someone that I can go to who knows the answers. Do you know what I'm saying? Remember now, they're looking for all the answers in the wrong places. Remember? They're even consulting the dead to try to figure out what to do. But there's one who's coming who's a counselor. What? Who'll give them the right answers. 
Look at what else it says there. Mighty God. That's what putting things in perspective. This is not just some baby born in a manger, folks. It is God come in human flesh. Everlasting Father. Here, let me just stop. I've got to make this point here. And this is for those of us who maybe have had dads who were not good. Do not view God the way you see your father. He is beyond that. He is far more greater than that. He's everlasting. Isn't that awesome? This is the Jesus who was born in a manger and the Prince of Peace. How many of you are in turmoil right now in your lives? You're in upheaval. He's the Prince of Peace. It's a whole lot more than just some baby in a manger, isn't it? That's what Christmas is about. You say, okay, George, how do we, how do we apply this to our lives? Well, i got uh, two thoughts and then an action point for you. How would you describe your world? How, how would you describe the world you live in right now? I mean, you, you know where you're at. I mean, you know what's going on in your life. Is it light or is it darkness right now? Is it upheaval and turmoil and chaos and more coming? See, you know, the, the thing for me, the wrestling match for me as a pastor is to give some kind of flowery Christmas message so that everybody feels good and we can go home. and ooh. But that's not where we're living, is it? I mean, the bill collectors are knocking. The health people are telling us you've got some kind of issue. For some of you, there is an empty place at the table this year. Some of you... This is the time of year when they tell you, you ain't got a job anymore. Have you noticed they always do that in December? So how would you describe your world? How would you describe it? Is it darkness? Embrace the promise of light. Embrace it. When it seems that there's no hope, you need to reach out and embrace it. You need to cling to it. You need to grab a hold of it and say, Jesus, even though everything seems wrong, even though everything seems like it's not going to work through, I'm going to cling to you with what's left of my hope, what's left of my faith. Get me through this, Jesus. Even if it doesn't turn out right, I've got a hold of you because I know there's something better later on, Jesus. Embrace it. Embrace the light. See, that's what Christmas is about, folks. Christmas is about the hope we have that's coming, that's yet to come. Because it isn't fully here yet. Do you know that? It isn't fully here yet. Brace it. Which brings me to my action point. Here's what you're going to do. I don't know what your week's going to be like. I don't know what the year's going to be like for you. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to write this down. And, and when you go throughout the week, write this on another piece of paper. Put it somewhere. Put it in your pocket. Put it in your wallet. Put it in that giant purse you're carrying, ladies. No matter how dark it seems, place your hope in Jesus. And believe me, it's going to get dark. It's going to get dark. Really, the church needs to be telling you that. It's going to be dark. But in the midst of the darkness, you place your hope in Jesus. You place it in Jesus. Jesus, I don't know. I have no promises about how this is going to turn out. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But I have you, Jesus. You're my light. You're my hope. Because one day, you're going to break the yoke of my oppression. You're going to carry me through this. 
No matter how dark it is, you place your hope in Jesus. Folks, that's what Christmas is about. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.